The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. morning. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, Today we are talking about type 2 diabetes and the detriment of leaving it unmanaged. I have had a lot of conversations with different individuals over the course of the last several weeks. So these are always things that help spur, what should I talk about on the radio? And I feel as if, you know, especially like with heart disease, it's a great example, high blood pressure, out of sight, out of mind, high cholesterol, out of sight, out of mind, high sugars, out of sight, out of mind, though left over time is unmanaged diabetes can be one of the most detrimental to your health. So I am I am a board certified and licensed chiropractor, right? So I have my doctorate of chiropractic, not entomology. I am a doctor of chiropractic. I carry malpractice insurance. I have passed five parts of national boards, right? Foreign PT. So, you know, if you know anything about being a doctor, uh, you know, it takes it takes a little bit of work. Now, that being said, you can get straight A's, but if you don't pass your boards, you can't be a board certified doctor and then you can't be licensed and you can't help people. So boards are a big deal. You can fail. Well, that's not actually true. You can't fail every single class, but you can get an A plus. You can never miss a question on any single test in class. But if you don't pass boards, you can't be a doctor. And so we oftentimes as students do board prep. Right? So there's different courses that you take and although also very expensive, if you pass your boards, it is worth it. And they'll give you mnemonics and um, just like tips and tricks and tools to take as you go through these examinations. And I, and I share with you that because of this. There was a time that we were going through and they were talking about boards. And oftentimes there's clinical questions, right? If a, a patient presents with this, here are some of the differential diagnosis. What, what could it be? And I remember thinking, they said, if you see or hear like a patient who comes in and presents 
and they just have the oddest symptoms, right? Like none of them match up. They're super detrimental. They're like losing their health. It just sounds like the worst. And you look at these options and you don't know the answer. If diabetes is an answer, you always choose diabetes because sugar will destroy everything right? You hear of people losing their sight. You hear of people whose, you know, blood sugar is so high, they go into comas. They, right, it causes neuropathy. It literally eats away at the nerve fibers. And so when we talk about diabetes, especially and more specifically today, we're talking about type two. And so we'll dive down more specifically into you know, just briefly touching base on what type 2 diabetes is. If you have any of these specific symptoms, it might be one that you need to start monitoring your sugars. But then more importantly, if we leave blood sugar unmanaged, what are some of the detriments that could happen? And then too, we'll talk about some solution processes, right? Remember, we don't treat diabetes that you talk to your PCP if you have any questions. So before we dive into that, let's get into some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's health in the news comes from the News Tribune. Want a Big Mac? This is how many years of life Americans would be willing to give up for one. So they kind of dive down into Washington. So the average life expectancy in Washington is 80 years old. But it seems that Washington are willing to turn that number into 76 if it means they wouldn't have to give up fast food. A recent study conducted by the medical information website Drug Genius found that Washington residents are willing to give up four years of their life in exchange for being able to continue getting their fill of Big Macs and Baconators. If you think that's bad, Hawaii, Montana, and North Dakota residents are willing to give up almost an unbelievable 12 years of their life to maintain a fast food diet. Those from Alaska, Colorado, Maine, and Mississippi seem to be more sensible, willing to give up just two years of their life for greased up fries and burgers. <laughs> that's crazy. Perhaps this is self-fulfilling prophecy. A recent study found a correlation between eating fast food, otherwise called ultra-processed food, and dementia. The study found that reducing ultra-processed foods by 10% in a diet with the equivalent portion of minimally processed foods was associated with 19% lower risk of dementia, right? Uh, Indiana Hoosiers are prepared to forego three years of their life in order to continue eating fast food. Here's what I think is kind of interesting. It's not all the way over. So you figure Washington, right? Average lifespan is 80. So if the average lifespan of individuals living in Washington is 80, 
I looked to see what Indiana was. One, I will say I was a little bit surprised how far down on the list I had to go for this, my friends. So let's get that together. Uh, Indiana's 39th. Uh, the average life expectancy age of 77.6. So for the sake of ease, we'll call it 77 and a half. Um, we actually fall below the national average, which is 78.8. So about a year. So if our average life expectancy is 77 years. Okay, so I just had to do some general math. Because here's what I wanted to see. When, if I hit the, the average age, which, by the way, you know, the only time, <laughs> no one really knows when we go, right? Except for the big man upstairs, but I'm going to live every day in accordance to him. Now, so if I live the average age span, my kids will be in their early 40s. If my kids are in their early 40s, they likely have kids who, right, they may or may not, have kids who are probably, I don't know, like 15 and under, I would assume. So they're going to have kids. So I'm going to have grandkids who likely will not yet be married. So I think like, hmm, like what does that mean to my kids and my potential grandkids if they have, because I look at the importance of my grandma in my life, my grandma is, I see how heartbroken people are when they lose them, how important it is to have grandma at your wedding or for your grandma to like meet your first baby or for your grandma to be there at grandparents' day at school. Grandma or grandpa, right? I'm just using because I'm female. And so I look at that and these people who are doing this study literally say, I value that cheeseburger. I value that, you know, pizza more than I value spending time with my family. I value that more than a family vacation. I value that more than spending quality of years with my significant other. Like that's, that's literally what they're saying. And they even say this, like cutting out ultra processed foods, right, by 10% and putting minimally processed foods in, there was a 19% lower risk of dementia. If you've been around someone who struggles with dementia, you know that that's hard. And I look at my husband who, you know, we've been married for over a decade and I, and I love him and I still like him. That's important too. Um... And I just look at, I want to, I want to, like when our kids grow up and they move out of the house and we embrace like a new phase of life and we start to get grandkids. And I think about like, if he doesn't care for himself, like what would that be like if I had a husband who couldn't remember me or couldn't remember my kids? Another study from the University of Michigan also found that eating a hot dog can cost a person up to 36 minutes of their life and a chicken wing can claim up to three minutes and 30 seconds. So they did a 3,200-person nationwide study that also found that 60% of people would rather give up alcohol than fast food. The average last time a respondent participated in an aerobic activity was three months. 
If those figures weren't worrisome enough, the Drug Genius Survey also found that 27% of correspondents, so almost 900 people, believed moderate fast food consumption has health benefits. Spoiler, it's not. (laughs) Of those who believe that fast food had health benefits, 45 said they thought a foot-long sandwich holds the most benefits. Foot-long sandwiches were followed by 20% of respondents who thought burritos and tacos were healthy, 11% who thought cheesy meat-loaded pizza is the most nutritious, and 8% for either burgers and fries or fried chicken. One of three correspondents also said they'd rather take a health supplement than exercise to stay healthy. But who needs to exercise to stay healthy when you can dig into a foot-long meat sandwich and enjoy a lettuce-topped taco? (laughs) It's sad, right? Like, this is what you're looking at. Like, it's laughable, but it's also sad. Because here is the part that, you know, makes you think a little bit. My kids eat hot dogs, but they but they don't they don't eat conventional hot dogs. They have grass fed beef, nitrite free, no sugar, no added um, like crap. They're whole thirty, so it's all whole ingredients. Do I pay a little bit extra for those hot dogs? For none, and they don't eat them every day. But there's sometimes, and moms and dads will understand this that you're like. An organic hot dog is better than a different option, right? Like, but I look at, do I have to spend a little, a couple dollars more? I do. I do. But that I value that because I want to gift them that time, right? And so when we're looking at that, when push comes to shove, you know, when we dive down deeper into type 2 diabetes, We're going to establish that we have to come up with a big why first and foremost, and I'll break down what that means, but there has to be a why before we get to the how, and we'll talk about what that can be next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, today we are talking about type 2 diabetes. Now, just a um, little side note, asterisk, we don't diagnose diabetes. We don't treat diabetes. If you have questions involving your diabetes, talk to your primary care physician. Now, that being said, a lot of people bring me in lab work that I look at due to my increased knowledge about functional medicine. I've taken an approach above and beyond just chiropractic. So let's talk more about what is, what's the difference between type 1 and type 2. 
Um, hmm. Type 2 diabetes is the most common type of diabetes. 29 million people in the United States currently have type 2. Another 84, 20, 29 million. Did I say 29? 29 million. There's another 84 million who are pre-diabetic, meaning their blood sugar is high, but not high enough to be diagnosed with full diabetes yet. This often comes, they, well, and you'll know this, this is kind of interesting. If you remember back in the day, because we say, oh, we used to call it adult onset diabetes. Oh, yeah, no, there's adult onset diabetes. Reason being, because most commonly type 1 diabetes is diagnosed as a child. But here's the problem. Type 2 diabetes, when they started realizing that um, it's not just adults who are being affected by type 2 diabetes, they had to rename it because type 2 diabetes is also affecting kids and teens, mainly because of childhood obesity, which we'll talk about. Right. So when we talk about diabetes, type 2 diabetes is... Um, basically a burnout of insulin receptors, right? So your body comes into, like you eat something that increases your blood sugar. And so your body's like, oh goodness, well, this is dangerous. And if this becomes too high, we could die. So let's get it out of the bloodstream. So what it does is your pancreas produces insulin and insulin is like the carrier. And it takes those sugars and it escorts it to different aspects of the body. And the goal inevitably is to get the blood sugar levels down. <laughs> I see this um, so much as uh, like little kids, right? Mom, 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 mom. And like you don't hear it, right? Like your body just like tunes it out. And so I think similarly, but obviously different. Your body's like insulin, it, like sugar's called insulin, 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 insulin. And your pancreas like keeps shooting it out and shooting it out and shooting it. And eventually it's like, oh gosh, we're, we're just tired. And so it doesn't produce the amount of insulin. So we have kind of burnout of those receptors. And so when we look, that is often one where then you see this unmanaged sugar. So here's usually... Not all the time, but usually we just don't start as diabetics. We just don't start as type 2 diabetics. What happens is slowly over the course of time, our A1C and our fasting blood sugar creep up. And they creep up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And if it's not out of range, right, then typically the primary care physician says everything looks good. Everything looks good, right? Like it's hard to have the conversation of what you're eating. Like what are you eating? And so we wait and we wait and we wait. And then all of a sudden we're like, God, you're pre-diabetic. Hey, you got to start making some changes or else you're going to turn into a diabetic. But they don't really give you any answers, right? Choose sugar-free options. Well, candidly, that's awful for your health as well. All the artificial sweeteners. And so, and so then we keep trending in the same direction and they're like, oh, you're diabetic. Here's some metformin. If it's uncontrolled, we might add another prescription pill and if it's still in control then you're gonna have to do insulin but don't worry we've got like pumps now and all the things so we we just don't pay attention to it but there are signs right I will always say and I truly believe 
Symptoms are our biggest blessing. Symptoms are our biggest blessing. There are not a lot of ways for our body to let you know like, hey, there is something underlying that's going on. And so when we see these symptoms so often, we ignore them, right? There's a pill for that. So let's talk. What could be some signs and symptoms of type 2 diabetes? Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. So signs, very thirsty, right? When you just feel like, and this is oftentimes where they find it, like the first symptom that they find in children who have type 1 is frequent thirst, like unquenchable thirst and tons of urination, right? So really, really thirsty. And then this is the problem too that I see more so with adults than kids is when we're thirsty. Gosh, I'm so thirsty. Well, what do you drink? Well, I'm gonna drink a soda. I'm gonna drink a tea. I'm gonna drink a Gatorade. I'm gonna drink whatever else people drink, right? Like I'm just, but it's never water. Um, Blurry vision. (laughs) Being cranky. That could actually be a symptom of a lot of things. Uh, Tingling. Or numbness in your hands and feet. Oftentimes, this corresponds with um, diabetic neuropathy, which so many times people come into our clinic at Greenwood Family Chiropractic and they say, "Well, I have this. I, you know, I have diabetes, so of course I have neuropathy." And then my thought behind that too is that why is it that not all diabetics have neuropathy? Because there's something underlying that's also going on too, right? Um, numbness and tingling in your hands or feet, wounds that won't heal. And I always think about this, if the wounds won't heal, the wounds that won't heal is a visual, you can see it. But I always think about then what's happening on a cellular level that also is not healing that you can't see. Yeast infections that keep coming back, right? It's oftentimes like topical skin infections that struggle to heal oftentimes is under, why? Because there's sugar and sugar feeds bacteria and sugar feeds Um, yeast and fungus and viral infection. So we'll talk a little bit more about immune system. Feeling hungry. Um, Getting more infections. I kind of talked a little bit about that. Now, what would be the cause of type 2 diabetes? Now, there's a couple different factors that play in for type 2. Again, today we are talking about type 2 diabetes. If you have prediabetes, duh, Right? Your body let you know that you were going to get diabetes when, they, when you got pre-diabetes. But when you got pre-diabetes, it was either just to have diabetes than to do something. So now you're diabetic. Being overweight. Now, this is not necessarily all cases. But here's what often happens. Is that our body through the Krebs cycle has a system where if there's excess sugar, what our body does is it stores it as fat. Our body stores Excess sugar is fat, which again, why I can't remember when I talked about it, but we talked about non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. What does that have to do with? It has to do with sugar, right? Like our body, it's throwing all of this extra adipose tissue. Oftentimes, you'll see another family member with type 2 diabetes. Why? Because oftentimes when you have a parent or a brother or a sister, you likely were raised in the same home. And if you were raised in the same home, you likely ate the same way. And the habits in which you did, whether that be how you eat or if you exercise, all comes down to a familial thing. So if you are 
physically active for less than 150 minutes a week, right? So that equates to like 20 some odd minutes a day. So if you are less less physically active than 20 minutes a day, that increases your risk. Why? Because the first thing that exercise does is it helps burn off your sugar. Um, if you've ever had gestational diabetes. So this is where we look. So lifestyle change. Here's something that's interesting. A lifestyle change program offered through National Diabetes Prevention Program um, found that you can lower your risk of developing type 2 diabetes by making lifestyle changes by as much as 58%, 71% if you're 60 years and older. Like, hmm. So this is one where we kind of need to talk about what turns into sugar, but we need to also touch base on what happens if it's left unmanaged. And this is really big. Let's talk about diabetes and the human body. Now, this is interesting that, you know, we know that sugar, I mean, it's an anti-nutrient. I had had a mentor once who said, uh, if it's white and powdered, it'll probably kill you. So stay away from it. (laughs) I thought it was funny. Um, Unfortunately, one of the organs most susceptible to damage from diabetes is also a very important one, which is your heart. So when we talk about diabetes, right, we know it's an increase in the levels of blood glucose, blood sugar. In turn, that actually results in a higher inflammation levels. So especially the presence of more particles in your bloodstream can then eventually to heart damage, heart failure, and even heart attack. Diabetes can also damage the blood vessel lining, causing high blood pressure and additional heart-related issues. There, um, it's actually been really interesting about like the heart-related stuff. When you dive down deeper into... Uh, like your cholesterol and you're like cholesterol is your body's healing mechanism and you're like what is it healing from and you're like well it's healing from all the damage that's like if you have damage that's happening what is one of the things that very well could damage the um, lining of the arterial arterial wall and sugar so you're up to five times more likely to get heart disease or have a stroke You're also at higher risk of blocked blood vessels and uh, angina, which is chest pain. So not only does it affect the heart, it also affects the brain. So uh, if you have diabetes, your risk of having a stroke is four times higher than it is for people who do not have diabetes. So this is interesting too. Since often your brain can run on fats and carbohydrates, Unstable blood sugar levels of people with diabetes can also result in issues related to memory, mood, concentration. This is where oftentimes you'll see brain fog that can arise when blood sugars are too high or low. Okay, listen to this. This is important. 
So oftentimes I have people who say, but my problem really, my problem is too low of blood sugar, which yes, that can also be a problem. But here's what I oftentimes see is that what happens is when blood sugar spike, our body's like dumping the insulin, right? So we dump in the insulin and we see this sharp drop. You often aren't going to feel necessarily if your blood sugar is 400, but you will feel if your blood sugar is 40. You get hot, you get sweaty. I... um had some friends who were type one diabetic and you know she would check she'd be like oh my gosh my blood sugar's low and she would always carry a little um like halloween size fun size bag of skittles and whenever her blood sugar would get low she'd eat the skittles and it would spike it up really fast and she would feel better right like you also can't leave your blood sugar that low and i talked to her i'm like you are just putting chemicals and straight like high fructose corn syrup in there so you're going to spike it and then it's going to drop again and then you're going to feel like crap in a little bit because your blood sugar dropped again because you spiked it really high with those like what if you did something that had like fiber in it like an apple or a banana or right and I understand that there are certain times when blood sugar becomes low, then you are in the danger zone. You want that fast spike. But we talk about if you're actually monitoring when your blood sugar starts to drop, you should be able to be able to know when that happens. And again, I understand that there's extenuating circumstances. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about more of the like it is quote unquote more managed. We have an idea of those ups and downs where like there are naturally occurring sugars. It's called fructose that happen in fruit. Like why don't we use fruit? But then you're also going to have a fiber that's not going to spike it up as high. Uh, eyes. We oftentimes see degradation of eyesight. Um, when you have excessively high levels of blood glucose, fluid in your eyes can change and the tissues can swell. Um, feet. We often get this quite often with feet. Uh, you'll get nerve damage in your feet. This is what they consider like sensory diabetic neuropathy. So literally the amount of sugar that's in your body is damaging nerves. <laughs> and since blood flow is also impacted by diabetes, sores and cuts on your feet take longer to heal um, what is typically due to what's considered peripheral vascular disease PVD, infections that don't heal because of this could potentially cause ulcers and gangrene. And when gangrene happens, it's a flesh-eating bacteria, which is oftentimes where you'll see necrosis of the tissue, death of the tissue enough to where it needs to see amputation. Gastroparesis is another one. So damage to the vagus nerve can occur. Right, weird. Oddly enough, we talk about the vagus nerve a lot in our chiropractic office. Why? Because your vagus nerve is what? Controls your autonomic nervous system. Everything. Heart beating, lungs breathing, stomach digesting. It's called your wandering nerve. It innervates the most things out of anything in the body. It's also what controls the movement of food through the digestive tract. Gastroparesis happens when the vagus nerve is damaged and stops working. When this happens, the stomach takes longer than it usually does to empty its content. So this is where... Um, like heartburn, feeling full, bloated. This is oftentimes where you actually see weight loss that's associated with this. Kidney damage, right? Again, um, I had someone who was in end phages of uh, kidney disease and everything, almost everything that I found came back to where you wouldn't necessarily all the way reverse it, but saw a huge, huge difference in terms of nutrition, when it comes to um, 
making nutritional changes and seeing an improvement. Another one too, right? You feel like you're sick all the time. Uh, This increases your risk, your susceptibility to infections. A study that was published in 2012 found that people with diabetes have a higher risk of skin infection, like cellulitis or ulcers, especially in your feet, urinary tract infections, including cystitis, mouth, gastrointestinal infections, um, respiratory tract infections, like the flu, yeast infections, for example, thrush, and ear infections, because yeast feeds on sugar, and it also lowers your immunity. So when you have a ton Right. And this increases your risk of sepsis as well. So there are a lot of reasons why you need to control your diabetes. So let's talk about some of the hidden foods that might spike your blood sugars and ones that are unexpected. We'll dive down deeper next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Type 2 diabetes is the topic for today. We touch base on what unmanaged, though you might not necessarily feel any of those things. The damage is what is unfelt and unseen. Now, what are some contributing factors? So, <laughs> one is what you put in your mouth. <laughs> Unpopular opinion, but it is very, very much true. Now, here's what, because a lot of the times when I talk to individuals who have diabetes, specifically, again, today we're talking about type 2. If you have any questions regarding your type 2 diabetes, feel free to reach out to your primary care physician. This is not medical advice. So um, one of the things that I see the most of people are like, I'm not eating. Like, I don't eat ice cream. I don't have a lot of cookies. But I would say one of the most overlooked foods that spikes blood sugar are white grains. White grains. What are white grains? Um, Foods such as white pasta bread, white, white bread, pasta, rice, right? And you're like, but rice is healthy. Um, yes. So when we're talking about whole grains, right? Um, brown rice, quinoa, amaranth, buckwheat, barley, 
those are all good options. But here, how the body breaks down, right? And remember, I'm just explaining to you how, how science works. This is not what I have come up with. This is what the human body does, which science has found, is that carbohydrates break down into sugars, right? So it, or we're like, oh my gosh, absolutely no carbohydrates. No, because you can get carbohydrates from like broccoli, lettuce. The problem is, is that we oftentimes did not develop type 2 diabetes by just eating so much rice and broccoli and quinoa, right? Like, and so what happens, they, um, Dr. Oz has more money than I do. And so, and he has a TV show on a very large station. So years and years back, he did this. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a research. It was kind of just for fun. But what he did is he took a group of women and one morning they were all fasting. He gave them two pieces of whole wheat toast, waited a half an hour and checked all of their blood sugar. The next day they got up fasting. They had a Snickers bar, waited a half an hour, an hour, whatever it was, same amount of time and tested blood sugar. And what they found was that in like 80% of the women, their blood sugar increased more following the two pieces of whole wheat toast than they did the Snickers bar. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, then maybe I should eat Snickers for breakfast. Like, no, this is 100% not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we can't figure out why our blood sugar is so imbalanced, but something that, right, because we've been taught, we've been... Uh, marketed to that you know whole wheat toast is healthy and so we're like we have an orange juice spikes your blood sugar we're gonna have whole wheat toast spikes your blood sugar we're gonna have right oatmeal then we'll put sugar on it spikes your blood sugar what else you know we've got all these goodness gracious I mean I don't even get me started on the kids cereal because you know that they're like oh it's fortified with 12 vitamins and minerals why is it fortified because it's nutrient void 100% nutrient void. So like, you know what makes it sound better when maybe they get some synthetic vitamins in with their sugar-laden cereal. Stop it. Uh, sugary drinks. I feel like the worst component of this, like we know that soda is a detriment. What we fail to realize is that sweet tea is just as bad. It is a void entirely um, void of any sort of nutrients. It's all sugar. Here's another one people don't think about. Fast food, right? Fast food. Let's talk about a Big Mac, or I'm sorry, a quarter pounder, a double quarter pounder with cheese contains 10 grams of sugar, which is actually two and a half packets of sugar, and 43 grams of carbs compared to a Snickers bar, which is 29 grams of sugar and 35 grams of carbs, right? And we're like, but I mean, and here's the thing, can a cheeseburger be healthy? Yes. Is a cheeseburger from anywhere you has a drive through healthy? No. Can you make a taco healthy? Yes. Can you make a taco unhealthy? Also, yes. Right? So the, what you're choosing for them, we try to justify in our mind, well, I have a foot-long sandwich and it's so healthy because I have lettuce and tomatoes. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Oh, and by the way, the bread that you're eating it on <laughs> has yoga mat in it. Uh, fruit. This is one where oftentimes when you look at more low glycemic index, that's that's your goal. Pay attention to lower glycemic index foods. 
And so what spikes your blood sugar? Oh my gosh, I was cutting up grapes for my um, my youngest and my fingers were so sticky. Grapes are one of the highest sugar value. Watermelon, same thing. Watermelon in our house is outside. Will you let your kids have grapes and watermelons? Absolutely, because they're, they, they don't have diabetes and we eat whole foods. And so I'm not afraid of fruits and vegetables. Are, should you starchy vegetables? That's another one right? Um, A potato, starchy vegetable, peas, starchy vegetable, corn. Corn's actually a grain. What are some non-starchy vegetables? Broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, lettuce, right? So those starchy vegetables have a high glycemic index, so it spikes your blood sugar. Why? Because that's just the way the human body works, friends. It's so, no, we eat fruits and vegetables. But again, it is very common that most individuals didn't get to the state of being in type 2 diabetes because they overate a ton of fruits and a ton of vegetables, right? So you don't cut it out forever, but you have to manage your diabetes appropriately. Now, this is where I often see that the one thing, the one go-to that's so easy for people is that they say, we'll just cut out sugar and do artificial, right? Do the light fruit cups instead. We're just put artificial sweetener in there. There's no effect on your blood sugar. And they say, well, why don't we just, I'm going to do diet soda instead. I'll just put some Splenda in my sweet tea. Now, this is interesting. It's a more recent research article that came out that talked about how um, in subjects consuming the non-nutritive sweeteners, that's what they consider it, non-nutritive, Non-nutritive sweeteners would be like sucralose, Splenda, Equal, Saccharin, Aspartame, right? Like those ones. Um, They found that in individuals consuming non-nutritive sweeteners, we could identify very distinct changes in the composition and function of gut microbes and the molecules they secrete into peripheral blood. This seems to suggest gut microbes in the human body are rather responsive to each one of these sweeteners. And so what happens when we looked at consumers of non-nutritive sweeteners as groups, we found that two of them, saccharin and sucralose, significantly impact glucose tolerance in healthy adults. So basically what they found was that people who ingested um, these artificial sweeteners saw a damage to their microbiome in their gut and had a harder time regulating insulin levels. So it's one where um, stay away from those acylfame K, uh, acylfame potassium, right, ACE K, all of those nasty, nasty. So they're finding that it can have effect on your blood sugar and your insulin levels. So stay away from artificial sweeteners. You're like, but that's why I was told to not have diabetes. Well, you did it and your diabetes isn't changing. So we've got to look at something quite a bit different. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's just study after study after study that breaks down more and more and more when we talk about how artificial sweeteners. Now, what are some of the um, non-food related issues? One that I think of that is so interesting One study showed that in adult men with type 2 diabetes, going only three days with subpar water intake, they considered subpar 17 to 34 ounces per day, had an impaired glucose response. What? 
And so this is where I see I'm like, people are I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how, do you drink enough water? And they say, well, yeah, I just have a cup of coffee in the morning and that's all I drink is water. Like I, I drink enough. And I asked them if enough was a number in ounces, like what would that number be? And they're usually like, well, if I do like two bottles, I'm like, okay, so that's 34 ounces. You would be considered subpar. Well, I do like three or four. Okay, that sounds good. But you also had two cups of coffee in the morning, which really negates it because coffee's a diuretic. So you really only had two bottles. So again, you are dehydrated. And so they found that could be just motility. Um, another one in terms of effect on blood sugars, too little exercise, right? Again, one of the first things when you start moving and you have physical activity, what it does is it helps burn off. Your body uses that glucose as fuel, so it it starts decreasing it. That's why a lot of like weight loss programs or whatever will have you exercise before you eat, and you can't recommend that with everyone. But that being said, reason being is because it's considered fasted cardio because your blood sugar is already low. So it starts burning the reserves and then burning fat for fuel instead of the sugar. Right. So you got to get to moving. So it's just overall, I think when we look at our bodies weren't designed and I've said this before, I'm kind of on a kick with it. It's an unfortunate kick. Like our bodies aren't dumpsters stop using it as one and yes although you might get that momentary mm, delicious right of consuming that food the years that it takes off of your life and the quality of life that it diminishes while you're there too is a is a huge problem so again we just need to get back down to figuring out like treat your body the way it's supposed to be treated put proper fuel in it take care of it you've got to move it and this is the aspect when you have more of those questions, don't hesitate to reach out. It's one of the things that we navigate through in terms of nutrition. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can schedule your appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Appreciate you tuning in look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on.